God, we thank you that your love is better than life. That what you give to us, that what you embed in our hearts is precious and worthy to be pursued. I pray, God, that you would send your Holy Spirit to us, that you would open our minds, that you would open our hearts, that you would change our best laid plans. God, I pray that you would give me your words to speak and that you would keep me completely out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I read this week that there's a poster hanging in one of NASA's offices that has a photograph of a bunch of bumblebees and the following quotation. It reads, aerodynamically, a bee's body is not made to fly. The good thing is that the bee doesn't know it. The law of physics says that a bee cannot fly. The aerodynamic principle says that the breadth of its wings is too small to keep its huge body in flight but a bee doesn't know it. It doesn't know anything about physics or logic, and it flies anyway. This is what we can all do. Fly and prevail in every moment in the face of any difficulty and in any circumstance, despite what they say. Let us be bees, no matter the size of our wings. We will take flight and enjoy the pollen of life. That's very inspirational, isn't it? But it's not true that bees shouldn't be able to fly because they do fly. Just because people at NASA, and I understand that they're pretty smart there, have a hard time getting their heads around it doesn't make it impossible. Bees, bumblebees, actually just have different ways than jet fuel and, uh, and fancy metals to do flying. They have, for example, four wings. And the two in the front work in concert with the two in the back. The two in the back actually utilize the airflow from the two in the front to keep those big bodies afloat. They have fluid in their circulatory system that is actually routed through the veins in their wings, sometimes when they need it. They haven't figured out, engineers at NASA, how to do this with the wings of a plane or a spacecraft. They're able to utilize something called, and I have to look at my notes here because I don't even know what it's called. Flow separation. Don't ask me what it is, but they can utilize it. And it's something that engineers at NASA have not figured out how to do. They do things that humans cannot. So while it may not be possible for some NASA engineer, as smart as they are, to create something that flies just like a bumblebee, doesn't mean it's not supposed to fly because God made it fly. And that's pretty rad. There are all kinds of things that don't make sense according to that what we as humans can do and figure out and if we can create a calculation that makes sense about it. For example, I tend to think that 99 years old is not the best time to start a family. I don't know. just don't think so. Sarah was um, a tender 90 to, to Abraham's 99, so maybe she was a little better suited, but not much. Like, I don't think that Betty and Craig are thinking about having any other kids. Are you, Betty? No. 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 But these two, Abraham and Sarah, had set out on, on faith 
to parts unknown decades before. They'd been promised that their lineage would be blessings to the entire world and more numerous than the stars in the sky, and they persevered for decades on that promise. Year after year without a child, and still they persisted. You would think that a bumblebee flying was a piece of cake compared to these two starting a family. And yet, God delivered on that promise, that decades-long promise that was embedded in their hearts. Because if God makes it possible, it is. As Romans states, God is about the business of making things possible that seem impossible. Each generation of humans has particular hopes. Humanity hasn't gotten it right, still, generations and generations later. There is injustice to be righted. There is pain that is hoped to go away. There is healing that needs to, come to take place. Hopes and hopes and hopes for this with every generation. We war with each other still. We hurt each other. We use each other. We do the things that we should not, and we fail to do the things that we should. Throughout history, people have been dreaming and hoping for things that feel as unlikely as a fat bug flying with tiny wings or a nearly 100-year-old starting a family. But we still hope and hope. And that hope embedded in our hearts, although it may look different from every perspective, is that God's kingdom would come. Jesus, in our gospel this morning, showed us the path to these hopes being realized. In it, we find Jesus breaking it down to the disciples and others that he would indeed suffer. And perhaps, you know, these, these scriptures become very familiar to us, especially as Lutherans. We listen to them every year around this time. When the pastors were in purple, we hear this stuff, right? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We know Good Friday's coming. Death is coming, cross is coming, gotcha. Pretty soon we'll be able to stop our fasts and eat chocolate on Easter. Good, we're on our way. And that's partly true. But Jesus did not say this stuff about suffering and dying only to state a fact. He said it to tell the disciples and anyone who would ever read these words that God will never stop at anything to fulfill God's promise. The disciples within earshot knew, as Jesus did, that his ministry was making life dangerous, truly dangerous for all of them. The powers that be were swift and violent in their actions in that time period. And those who were interested in maintaining the status quo, whose superiority depended on keeping the masses and the vulnerable down, they had a real interest in getting the revolutionary Jesus off the streets and shutting him up and they plotted his murder. No judge was necessary, no jury was necessary, just bullying and murderous control. An execution publicly within hours. Jesus and his disciples knew this. They knew that their days were numbered if they did not get on the defensive and go underground. They could have gone out into the wilderness and hid out in a cave someplace. I'm sure their followers would have brought them stuff they needed. They could have laid low. They knew that this bee simply could not fly. It was impossible to continue in this way and not get killed or worse. And this is the place where Jesus starts talking about his death. 
and which in this context is simply saying, know this, know this. I will not dial down and dial back any of my ministry, and I will not under go underground, and I will not go and hide out somewhere. I fully understand that this means that I may be murdered for my trouble. I fully understand it, and I want you to know that it does not deter me. I will do this, no matter what. Eyes wide open. And if you want to follow me, you need to get comfortable with standing up to bullies too, even if it means they murder you or worse. Interestingly, I read in a commentary this week that it is possible that the Gospel of Mark was written after Peter had already been martyred. This gives this story a whole new meaning, doesn't it? If those writing it and reading it originally knew that Peter had not only gotten out of the way of Jesus and doing his work, but also followed Jesus in that ultimate commitment to God's reign of love, that this was a prophetic invitation and that Peter took it and that it wasn't just a scolding. That gives hope, doesn't it? It's not just get behind me. It's, wow, this guy that couldn't fathom it, this guy that stood up against it, this guy that was afraid at that moment, he ended up taking that promise and that word at face value. Jesus' commitment to the healing of the world knew no limits, and God's life-giving power knows no limits still. We do not understand it. NASA engineers cannot replicate it, but it is possible because it is. And because it is for Jesus, it is for us. We can choose not to dial back our ministry in God's love. Will we be killed as Jesus was, as Peter was? Probably not. But not doing what God has embedded in our hearts to do is a kind of death also a slow, incremental, and continual losing sight of who we were created to be. As your pastor, I get to remind you of things that you're not going to hear on a daily. Chances are you're not going to randomly be told by one of your coworkers that, um, or the barista at your favorite coffee stand that you can trust the hopes that God has put in your heart. Your mail carrier may not mention as they deliver your package that you are beautifully and intricately made. It might be kind of weird if they did, I suppose. But Your spouse or best friend may forget to say that it's never too late to do what God has called you to do. And the cashier at HEB will most certainly not tell you to never look, never back down from doing what God has called you to do. Okay, maybe the, the cashier at HEB would because what doesn't HEB do? Amen? <laughs> They might. But this kind of reminding of who you are and what is possible for you is what we receive in Christian community, not just from your pastor, but from each other, from all these other masked men and women sitting around you. That's what worship is for. It's what we are to each other as a community of faith. We remind each other, as Jesus reminded Peter, what we're here for, to take it all the way, to take God's life and love deadly serious. We come here together to remind each other that no matter what happens next, we will keep loving people in the name of Jesus. 
We will keep including people in God's radical welcome. We will keep serving our neighbors and working toward reconciliation of God's beloved community. Nothing will stop us because the one who showed us the way didn't stop. And for his trouble, he was murdered. And the entire world went dark. But then, my siblings in Christ, he rose. His resurrected life shows us what our best engineers, what our reason, what our small imaginations could never show us. That the hope that God has placed in us, that the work that God has given us to do is not just a dream, it is a promise and it is possible. So get out there and fly, you little bumblebees. God made you to fly. Amen.